Yeah, and that's terrifying with my doctors as well because I am so afraid of confrontation uh, and I, I have social anxiety. So I will, if there's anything I have to take up with my doctor and if there's anything I sort of disagree with him on, I will be so scared of bringing that up. And it's not because he's a bad person or he will make me feel bad about it or anything. I'm just really... I just get like anxiety attacks. I'm I'm really trying just not to cry <laughs> during our consultations. Uh, talking about yeah, actually, like yeah, the pain's a bit bad. It would be really nice if I had something that made the pain not so bad. And what I really mean is, can you please do something about this excruciating pain that's ruining my life? And I, can you just do something? Can you just listen to me? And he does listen, but he can't, he can't hear that because I'm saying it. Hey there, and welcome to In Sickness and In Health, a podcast about chronic illness, disability, medical traumas, and everyday uncomfortable healthcare experiences. My name is Kara Gale. I'm not a doctor or a medical professional. I'm just a person and a patient who really wants to talk about this stuff more. Nothing said on this show should ever be considered medical advice. If you're experiencing a medical issue, please seek qualified medical help. I know the system sucks, but I do wish you a lot of luck. Every person is different, even within disease groups, so none of my guests should ever be regarded as official representatives or spokespersons for their conditions. Please respect their very personal choices, and unless they ask for it, please don't make suggestions about treatments or lifestyle changes. Unsolicited medical advice is never not annoying. In today's episode, I talked to Sophie about her experience in the Norwegian healthcare system as a patient with complex chronic illness. Sophie was one of the first international listeners to contact me early on after I started the podcast, so I was excited to finally get a chance to really talk to her. As I told her in one of our early emails, the only things I really knew about Norway came from the Netflix original series Lilyhammer, starring Steven Van Zandt of Sopranos and Bruce Springsteen fame, and the time I sat next to a lovely Norwegian couple at a wedding. I learned a lot more talking to her, perhaps most notably that even in what is widely considered among the best healthcare systems in the world, her mysterious symptoms were still dismissed as all in her head. Norwegians. They're just like us. In today's bonus episode, we talk a little bit more in depth about the interplay between chronic illness and eating disorders, and about the ableism present in many diet communities. Of course, eating disorders on their own can be chronic illnesses, but they can also show up in the presence of a variety of other conditions and really complicate things. Sophie also has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and if you heard the last episode, you know that May is EDS Awareness Month. It's also a bunch of other stuff Awareness Month, too, and I've been tweeting episodes where we talk about those issues. You can find a link to the Storyfy of those tweets on the episode page. In a perfect world with an endless amount of spoons, I'd have booked different guests with different conditions for each episode this month, but my world is wildly imperfect, and I never have the spoons that I need, even for the most basic of tasks. I'll have more episodes with lupus, Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, ME, CFS, and all of the other conditions featured for Awareness Month in the coming months. We'll get there. It just takes me a while. And hey, it 
keeps the awareness going for the rest of the year beyond just the awareness month, right? Sure. That's what I keep telling myself. In the last episode, I mentioned that I would be at Periodic Inc.'s NYC Red Party on May 28th celebrating Menstrual Hygiene Day. Unfortunately, their New York event was canceled due to funding issues, but I will hopefully be Skyping in for a panel at their Portland, Oregon event. So if you're near there, you should definitely go. And on Monday, May 23rd, I will be at Untabooed's Proud Powerful Party at LMHQ in New York as a Clue Ambassador. Untabooed is a wonderful organization that provides reusable menstrual hygiene supplies to low-income and homeless menstruators in New York City, and they are celebrating their first birthday with this fundraiser. There will be food and a panel and stuff, and I'm really looking forward to it, so if you're in this area, come to that. As always, find resources and more from us at InSicknessPod.com and on social media at InSicknessPod. If you're an international listener who might be interested in talking to me about your experience on the show, shoot me an email at InSicknessPod at gmail.com or use the contact page at InSicknessPod.com, especially if you are in Central or South America or Africa or Asia. I hear from people in Canada and Europe and Australia and stuff a lot, which is great. But, um, you know, there's like other places in the world. So if you can, please take a few moments to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, which helps other people find the show. And I hope you enjoy this episode. I grew up quite healthy, actually. Um, like apart from being really flexible and uh, getting bruises all the time and falling over, um, I was still quite energetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would always climb to the top of the tree. But uh, when I was 12, that's when everything sort of started. I uh, It was first my stomach and I got these really bad stomach aches. And that became like a whole thing where we tried to figure out what all these stomach pains were and I started reacting to all these different foods and everything was sort of, it was was really chaotic uh, Mm -hmm. in that period. Um, A lot of diagnoses that were not correct. So I became really like diagnosis fatigued. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's a great word or like a great phrase. I never thought of. That's, I'm going to have to steal that from you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I did. I was really tired of it. Uh, I had to use medication. Start, like starting medication when you're in that age is like, um, I got my period when I was 12, on my mm. 12th birthday actually. And that was around the time when everything else started as well. That's when I started passing out after being in the shower and stuff. Uh, and the stomach pains and uh, but then when I had sort of we had sort of settled on a diagnosis uh, which was uh, chronic gastritis which is just like it's not really a diagnosis it's like yeah you have gastritis and you have it a lot you have it like for (laughs) an extended period of time for like several years (laughs) so I guess we'll go with it and that, I got that diagnosis uh, after I turned 13. 
No, just before I turned 14 uh, would be correct. And I didn't really go into anything else with doctors until um, until like the end of high school when I was 18 because I was so tired of it. And yeah. I had developed uh, an eating disorder and I was depressed and things were really hard. Uh, so the next time I was, uh, I, I did a gastroscopy. Is that a correct term in English? <laughs> uh, is it like when they stick a camera down your throat? Yeah. So that would be an endoscopy. An endoscopy, okay. Um, and then they said, well, yeah, you still have the gastritis. Uh, and we will also give you the diagnosis of GERD, so mm-hmm. gastro with gastroesophageal reflux disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had uh, a lot of infections all the way down my esophagus and in my stomach and in, like, the beginning of... Oh, what's the next part? I can't... I can never remember the name in English. Uh, like uh, the stomach or...? No, just after the stomach. Oh, so, like, your. I think that's your duodenum into your yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, small intestine. Yeah, it's the duodenum. That's that's the correct word. <laughs> uh, so I had a lot of uh, yeah. Though I think they were surprised that I had waited so long to get in touch with the uh, with the doctors because the, it was obvious that I had been in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. But I was by this time so used to pain. Yeah, and I sort of felt like yeah, everything is is the stomach. So all the other pains I had, I also just thought, yeah, it's the stomach. All the pains in my knees, that's probably the stomach too, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, and then a few years went by, and then I had only gotten worse, really. I got more exhausted, fatigued. Uh, it was really difficult. Uh, I couldn't work anymore and I had trouble staying in school and I got diagnosed with IBS and it was through the IBS diagnosis that I was put on to the EDS diagnosis, which is the one I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't through any doctors or any medical professionals at all, that was through another patient with EBS and IBS uh, who recognized my symptoms. And a year later, I was diagnosed with EBS. And that's only like seven months ago, I think. Mm-hmm. No, it's a bit longer. It's almost a year ago. Okay, but still fairly, yeah. fairly recent. Fairly recent, yeah. And I turned 25 two weeks ago. Oh, happy birthday. So... Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, the the last year has been quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. Eating disorder wise, uh, really everything wise, because I I've, I've become a lot um, lot more fatigued and in a lot more pain, just mm-hmm. in general. Right, which is not yeah. helpful at all. <laughs> no, and that's one of the reasons I'm where I am now in hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, to get to get help, uh, to learn how to manage the pain and get some advice on what kind of things I can do, both like 
physical therapy wise and also uh, what kind of objects <laughs> like tools I can get mm-hmm. uh, to help me in my everyday life uh, I have ring splints uh, on my right hand uh, to help me write and such and like do anything like press buttons <laughs> it's really difficult uh, and I have uh, a wrist brace as well because my wrists are really poor um, yeah, I'm hopefully getting a bit more uh, help with like uh, things like I don't even know how to explain it. Um, things to sit on, for example, mm-hmm. uh, that will make it more comfortable, especially if I'm at school, uh, because university chairs are not uh, made for no. people with DDS. They're not made for like made people. people with bodies, I don't Yeah, <laughs> they are horrible. They are. Uh, so sitting there for four hours is not really... Yeah, it's it's bad enough for the fatigue, uh, for the pain. It's uh, it's quite horrible. Uh, I am on sick leave now, mm-hmm. so I'm not at school currently. Right. So um, the hospital that you're at, are are you yeah. there? Like, do they have an, a program that's specific to EDS, or like what's what's the setup there? Yeah, the hospital in itself is a rehabilitation clinic and they do have uh, a wing specifically for rare disorders Mm. and they have their own program for EDS. Uh, And um, that's that's really, that's a group thing, like where you are in a group with other people with EDS and you are here for four weeks and... You have things to do from 8 in the morning until 4 in the evening. Oh, my God, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah, and that is why I'm not on that. <laughs> so you're, you're actually not in the, the program? Yeah, for... I'm in an individual program. Okay. Uh, so the program is it's sort of EDS-specific, but it's, it's specific for my EDS. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the program, the group program would have been too exhausting for me mm-hmm. um, uh, so I was here for an assessment stay for one week first in February um, and they recommended I did the individual stay instead of the group thing and uh, yeah when they made their arguments I couldn't really disagree they were quite right mm-hmm. I would have not survived the first day yeah. like I came here on Monday and it's now Thursday and I am only now uh, I am only now a bit better from from the trip to the hospital right right so yeah uh, that would have been horrible I have spent a lot of time sleeping mm-hmm uh, but but this is sort of the place in Norway where they do have some um, some knowledge on EDS, like more specialized. Um, we now have a couple more places in Norway that where they do have some sort of program for EDS, which is quite exciting. Um, but in Norway, uh, it's a special thing because I have the hypermobility type. 
uh, and in Norway that type is not uh, officially recognized as a part of the EDS family. Interesting. Yeah, and that is, uh, it's medically, it, it is, they treat it as the same thing. Right. Uh, but it's simply to uh, make sure that the other EDS patients, that EDS in general is that is getting all the benefits of being a rare disease. Gotcha. Of being classified as that. So, which don't really get all of the all of the benefits that other other EDS patients would get, mm-hmm. but we get most of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to the results of this. Uh, symposium in uh, in new york yeah me too it'll it'll be i mean yeah. I, like whatever it is i'm just welcome new information yeah know? yeah just that just a new information because i feel like i'm, I'm looking up everything i can mm-hmm. yeah i definitely read everything that currently exists so yeah. you know it'll be nice to have some some new papers to to read um yeah so how- I wonder how that will affect also the Norwegian, um, how, how it's classified in Norway. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting that they break off the hypermobility type. Yeah. So, I mean, do they refer to it as EDS or just as like a hypermobility syndrome? They refer to it, uh, to it as EDS hypermobility syndrome. Okay. But like in all the official documents, it's called... Uh, hypermobility syndrome familiar like okay. genetic <laughs> right, right right it's like yeah okay it's a genetic hypermobility syndrome i think it's eds okay. uh <laughs> yeah i mean there is still some like disagreement i guess yeah uh, about whether joint hypermobility syndrome is the same thing as eds hypermobility it, it's ridiculous who knows yeah i've heard some different things like yeah if it's just the joints mm-hmm. then it's just hypermobility syndrome but if, if you also have like the gi issues and the skin issues then it's eds right. it's like yeah okay but i have all of that so why don't i have eds <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be nice to have some more clarity on that um yeah so are you at this hospital for four weeks also, or is the individual program shorter? The individual program is four weeks, but it's split into two bulks of two weeks each. Okay. So I'll be here for two weeks now, and then I go home for six to eight weeks, and then I'll come back uh, for another two-week stay. Uh, so we'll see if the things we came up with at this day have if it's worked out, if there's something we need to do differently, if there's more things I need, uh, things like that. We'll yeah. see how everything's been oh, cool. working out in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how far is this hospital from where you live? Uh, well, I come from northern Norway, but I live in Bergen, which is uh, all the way to the west in Norway, mm-hmm. and this hospital is just outside of Oslo, on the east side of Norway. Uh, so it's not like terribly far, especially not in US standards. Uh, but I have to like get to the airport, and then I have to fly for an hour 
and then I have to get from the airport to Oslo, and then I have to get <laughs> down to the boat, and then I have to take the boat over to this place. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's so a it's bit a trek. of a, yeah, 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 it is, and it's really this time I got uh, uh, a taxi to drive me between like home and the airport and the airport here and like all the different between the different things Mm -hmm. Uh, so that that made it a lot easier yeah Uh, yeah so in Norway they have socialized medicine which means yes we do you know it's government funded do you have to pay for any of this (laughs) no wow like none of it I'm not paying for anything uh, I get the medication here for free. Uh, the stay is completely free. Uh, the air, the like the travel, all of it is covered. Uh, even the taxes, you have to, you have to, uh, you have to ask a doctor to to get taxes. And if the doctor is like, yeah, yeah, I can see that you need it, so we'll give it to you. Then you also get that for free. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unimaginable to me. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> wow. Um, now, when we were emailing back and forth, you kind of yeah. described how uh, how it works if you want to, like, see a different doctor or, like, mm-hmm. you know, try and get a second opinion and stuff like that. Do you remember what you said? The quote? No, just like in general, how how it works. Just in general, yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly what I said, but um, but yeah, you you can change. Uh, we have like a primary uh, doctor, and you can change that uh, three times a year uh, if you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't cost anything to change doctors, uh, and it's it's a really good idea to research the doctors beforehand because. It, it can almost be a bit difficult. Uh, yeah, what else did I say? No, you do it online. It's, it's quite easy, really. Wow. It's even on the yeah. internet? That's amazing. Yeah, it's on the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how does it work if you need to like see a specialist? Like if you had to go to a rheumatologist or a cardiologist or something like that? Yeah, usually you get referred from your primary doctor to any specialist. Uh, but uh, sort of um, many people can uh, you don't really have to see your primary doctor for it other doctors can also refer you and my physical therapist can also refer me to a specialist Uh, uh, I think in some cases you can just see them yourself like go to the go to the hospital and ask like I need to see a neurologist and then they tell you what to do Uh, but the most common route is through your primary doctor Mm -hmm. and it's quite easy as long as they remember to actually send out the referral (laughs) right which is a problem everywhere (laughs) yeah uh when they refer you do they refer you to a specific person or do they just write a referral and say like this person needs to see cardiology and like let you pick yeah, they, uh, that depends uh, what it is. For example, when I went to when I got referred to uh, my ortho uh, to get my braces, uh, I just got a referral, 
and I could go wherever mm-hmm. I could choose between places. And that was quite easy. Uh, but for things like uh, rheumatology and neurologist, um, there are, you know, it's not like when you have someone private that you could choose the different companies. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we have, these are the rheumatologists we have in this city. And uh, you can, uh, we will refer you there, but you can also choose to go to a rheumatologist in another city if you are not happy with your choice here. Because you can, I, I can choose to, I live in Bergen, but I can choose to get a doctor in Tromsø, which is in the far north of Norway, if I want to. And I will probably get to travel uh, for free. Wow. Yeah. That has actually happened. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm curious about, like, is there a variation in, like, the quality of doctor? Like, because here in the U.S., you know, a lot of the the uh, more skilled and specialized specialists tend to be in the major cities, which are, you know, mostly on the coasts. Um, so if you live in a rural area, there's not a lot of doctors and the doctors that there are like, aren't necessarily the best. Um, I mean, I live, I live 30 minutes North of New York city and the doctors in my County are kind of like generally regarded as like backwoods, uh, (laughs) yokels, you know, compared to like what you can see if you just, you know, travel to New York city. So I'm curious, like, uh, are the doctors that are in the far North of Norway, are they like, not as good as the ones that might be in Oslo or, or Bergen or something like that? Uh, both yes and no. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's quite individual for the doctors. Uh, when the doctors are training, they are stationed uh, randomly, mm-hmm. usually. Uh, so uh, some people who probably wouldn't have chosen to go up north would be sent up north and they would probably find that, yeah, actually, I kind of like it here, mm-hmm. so I'll stay, and we'll have another good doctor. <laughs> uh, but, of course, stuff like specialists uh, in any field, those are pertaining to the biggest cities. Mm-hmm. But there are bigger cities in the north, <laughs> and they have, they have specialists there as well, and we have an EDS, like a clinic, pain clinic with an EDS program. Uh, in northern Norway, not very far from where I grew up, actually. Oh, wow. Um, but, it, yeah, it's very individual, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, but in small places, it can be difficult with the primary doctors. Uh, my my family, like especially my mother and my grandmother, they have been to a doctor at home who is just horrible. Like... I, I just don't understand how this person got through medical school. It's just fantastic. Why, why are they so bad? They just, they talk over them. Uh, my grandmother, I think she was told that her colitis uh, was uh, all in her head, despite having had the diagnosis for 20 years. <laughs> uh, like Stuff like that just totally refusing to do refusing to give people medications mm. um yeah there was a lot of problems and also just the way that she's talking to them yeah uh, which is yeah it was just horrendous um 
luckily we do have sort of a, a system where it, well of, co- of course you can tell the people uh, the, the bosses at the difficult clinics that like this person is really shitty I this person should not be here mm-hmm. uh, but you can also go online where we have all the uh, everyone can rate the primary doctors and write a really bad <laughs> review <laughs> of the doctor which also helps uh, when people when other people are looking for primary doctors mm-hmm. um, yeah but it's really individual like there are great doctors there as well right when you uh, with your online system like can you see what other people have written about the doctors like is is there like a, a yelp component <laughs> yeah there there is a yelp component wow it's not a page where you choose your primary doctor it's it's not a page where you can it, it it's like yelp it's it's basically yelp uh, for for doctors and they have the same thing for dentists oh wow uh, yeah uh, I mean, we really... have we have sites that are are like that for doctors, but they're you know they're like their own thing, you know. Yeah, this it, this is its own thing. It, it's not part of the oh, okay. of the official. <laughs> that wouldn't be really nice. But, yeah, right. <laughs> but we have a lot of uh, web based uh, things where we can. Uh, we can, I think actually we can leave a review of our doctor on the web page uh, if we don't like our doctor to mm-hmm. explain what's wrong. Um, yeah, I think we can. But uh, I don't think that's sort of a Yelp. Right. Uh, style Probably thing. goes like to their... To yeah. 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 Um, so in a lot of countries with universal health care i know this is a big problem in canada and, and several other places um the at least here in america what we hear is oh but the wait times are terrible that like if you need to have a surgery you need to wait you know a year and a half like you need to yeah. wait a significant amount of time between when you find out that you're going to have it and when it actually happens is that an issue in norway um well yes to a certain degree but not uh People talk about it as if it's with everything, but it's mm-hmm. just a, like a really, really specialized thing that can be difficult. Uh, and it's not that big of a problem, really. <laughs> it, it's made up to be this huge problem. Right. But, I think, but that's usually just because yeah, it's usually the right wingers that yeah. talk about how much of a problem it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and we also don't really have. You know, Type well, we do have a single payer healthcare system, but it's not the same as Canada, right? Uh, and it's not not really the same as in the UK either. Uh, I think uh, mostly because we have like better. Yeah, how do I even explain it? Yeah, it's easier to to get through to stuff <laughs> in Norway. I feel. Right, so just better bureaucracy. Like, yeah, and, and there is a lot of bureaucracy, but uh, yeah. but I think it's it's a bit easier, at least a tiny bit. Right, <laughs> it's not really, it's not a huge issue. Yeah, all the waiting periods, but it can be in some cases definitely. And uh, and our healthcare system is not like, it's not a paradise. I mean, right. it, 
it is compared to yours. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But I, yeah. I don't think that like anywhere has you know a perfect healthcare system. No, I don't think. Uh, but what? yeah, definitely not move to the U.S. Yeah. What are some of the problems that people have in Norway? Uh, well, there there is a lot of just like smaller mistakes made, and there is a lot of because it, in some ways there are positions to the healthcare system that we have, uh, and uh, local hospitals don't really get enough funding, so um, some places are shutting are being shut down, mm. even though people the local people really need it and like. They have shown politicians that, like, we actually really need this hospital. It's really vital that we have it, um, uh, especially now, probably because we have a right-wing government uh, as of now, which is quite horrible, <laughs> really. Uh, and that's one of the big problems. Uh, for example, when my when my sister was born. Uh, she, my mother had to travel for three hours to get to another hospital. Oh my god! Because the hospital that was right next to our house was called not prenatal, but then like obstetrics. Well, yeah, like that apartment that it was closed for the summer. Oh no! Just to save money, which was just so weird. Like, yeah. oh no, no children are being born in the summer. That doesn't happen. So. Wow. Yeah, it was really... So we have fought a lot to uh, keep hospitals open mm -hmm. uh, and also to make sure that... Be because someone... Um, they are starting to not randomise the, uh, the students, the medical students, when they are deciding where all the medical students are going. So people are going to bigger cities more than the districts mm -hmm. and the districts really need these doctors um and that's that's another thing uh so we do i think more the, the centralization mm -hmm. is a huge problem because we have a lot of districts in in norway a lot of small places um and, and I, I, maybe especially up north where i'm from because down here in Oslo, they can't really understand uh, how far apart everything is right. where I'm from. And that's where the like the government is located, right? In Oslo? Yeah, in Oslo. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is where everything is. <laughs> right. So that's, that's funny. We have that problem here, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, yeah. the lawmakers are, are completely out of touch with, like, you know. Yeah where people actually oh, definitely live. out of touch they are so out of touch with everything uh we don't have we have one train going up past trondheim and it only goes from trondheim and up to buda which is like not even halfway up northern norway mm -hmm. uh, and here in oslo they uh, one of the trains uh, were being moved and everyone were so angry about it because they needed a train and it was so important to have like make it easy for the commuters in and around Oslo to get to work and 
I, I get that, but there are commuters in northern Norway as well, and we, we would like to take the train more, but we can't because there's no train. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the centralization, definitely. <laughs> Interesting. When it snows, um, which I just assume is, is all winter, <laughs> uh, can the buses get around? Like, how are the roads? Oh, definitely. There's yeah. no problem. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> the planes are, are flying. The, it, it's all good. We have, I have never in my life had a snow day. Oh. It's just a complete, like, foreign idea for me. I remember in seventh grade, we had a snowstorm. And in school, we were hiding behind the rock. And then we would walk uh, out from behind the rock and try to get as fast as we could against the wind mm -hmm. before it would pull us back. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. So, no, we, uh, we are very... Uh, Oh, there's no English word for hard fur. <laughs> it means that you're tough in any weather. Ah, yeah. So tough, no, like we are definitely not tough in any weather. There are places. <laughs> I mean, the majority. Eh, I don't know if the majority of the country, but like even here, if we get more than four inches of snow, everyone freaks out and everything shuts down. <laughs> and I mean, if you go even just a little bit further south, like in Philadelphia or in D.C., like if they get like an inch or two, everything is fucked. <laughs> and like, um, you know, like they, the plows can't get to where they need to go and people are like, trapped in their houses for several days. And, you know, I mean, in California, like in Southern California, if it rains, people freak out. So uh, we're not good at weather. <laughs> yeah. We we are really good at weather. But you get a lot of we don't have snow all the time. And uh, we often have very nice summers. That's what I hear. I hear <laughs> the summers are lovely. I could maybe yeah. I could maybe handle it in the summer, but definitely not in the winter. <laughs> the midnight sun it's it's uh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have the northern lights in winter, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Almost makes up for the extra pain from going to the cold. Yeah, does the the cold really affect you? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I didn't really realize how much it affected me until after I had been living in the south of Norway and mm. then went home for a Christmas vacation, and it was just like someone had thrown a rock at me, yeah. like a giant. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> so yeah. I was like. I was lying on a carpet, uh, propped up by tons of pillows, <laughs> trying, trying not to scream. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the last few years I've found that, like, every time it snows, which it happened, I mean, actually this year, thankfully, we didn't get a lot of snow. I think last year and the year before we did, but now every time we have a snowstorm, it feels like somebody's breaking my legs. <laughs> which oh, is really yeah. terrible and I just have to like sit here and like try not to cry while it feels like my legs are breaking which is awful yeah I definitely know that feeling yeah it, that, that's how it feels like and it's uh yeah but I, always, I also react to the heat mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm fucked wherever I am really yeah uh 
so uh, it's fun. So it's, it's either Norway or Brazil, and both things are like bad for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Both are pretty extreme in the temperature department. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've just we've had rain. It, it like got much warmer, and then it's like cooled down a bit, and then just kind of been raining on and off all week, and I felt awful. So. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Bergen is known for its rain, mm. and I I do feel like I I I often tell people sorry everything's slower when it rains. Yeah, and it's true because like I I walk slower. Yeah, I do everything slower. Uh, brush my teeth slower. <laughs> I feel like I'm walking through mud. Yeah, but like mud that is also hurting me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel that for sure. Um, I talked briefly about my journey, or I hope it was briefly. I don't yeah, think it was. It was. <laughs> no, it was. I've I've had people talk like for an hour and a half just about like, their health history. So yours was actually quite brief. Yeah, well, I like when people talk about their histories. I like li- I like listening to it, but yeah. I always think like if I start, I will go on forever, <laughs> and it will be so boring. Yeah. I mean, for, interesting. yeah, for me, I have so many different like places where things kind of like spin off into a tangent that I'm like, yeah. oh, and then there was the time that I had Lyme disease and that was a whole other thing. Yeah. There was the time that I had I this and that was a whole other thing. Really... <laughs> like one at a time. Yeah. Just like thinking, okay, that's the main diagnosis. Okay, that's the main diagnosis. Right. <laughs> that's the diagnosis. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do have a lot of... Um, I do. I have a really good uh, medical team uh, in my city, so I, I have ortho and physio and uh, doctor, and I also have a, a therapist, and I'm in group therapy. Um, so uh, I'm really lucky with that, so they can take care of my chaotic self. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's really yeah. good. Uh, the the yeah. group therapy that you're in is that specific to anything, or is it just like a general therapeutic group? Uh, it's a general therapeutic group, uh, which can sometimes be a challenge because I'm the only one there with uh, any sort of like physical illness. Yeah, that can be. Uh, a yeah, yeah, it's a bit weird because you're you're there to like. You rely on each other's joint experiences, sort of. Right. Like, this is my experience with anxiety, and everyone is like, oh, my God, that's my experience, too. Uh, and then we help each other because we know how it feels. Mm-hmm. With my, with EDS and with the other things that comes with EDS, uh, they don't really have anything to suggest for that. So I, I don't bring it up too often. Mm. Uh well, not too often, but I have to bring it up because it it's such a huge part of my life. Well, yeah, of course, and it affects everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's hard. I mean, especially with anxiety because it's like a lot of times with certain anxieties, you can be like, well, you know, I'm worrying about this thing that doesn't really have any basis in reality and like, yeah. you know, try and like comfort yourself that way. But then... When it comes to EDS, it's like literally anything can go wrong at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> and it's terrifying. 
Yeah, and that's terrifying with my doctors as well because yeah. I have I'm so I'm so afraid of confrontation, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I have social anxiety. So I will, if if there's anything I have to take up with my doctor, and if there's anything I sort of disagree with him on, mm-hmm. I will be so scared of bringing that up. It, and it's not because he's a bad person or he will make me feel bad about it or anything. I'm just really. I just get like anxiety attacks. I'm I'm really trying just not to cry mm-hmm. <laughs> during our consultations. Uh, talking about yeah, actually, like yeah, the pain's a bit bad. It would be really nice if I had something that made the pain not so bad. Uh, and what I really mean is. Can you please do something about this excruciating pain that's ruining my life? And I, can you just do something? Can you just listen to me? And he does listen, but he can't. He can't hear that, right? Because I'm saying it, right? Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I struggle with that too. Like I, a lot of times I, I'm in the last year or so, I've really made a concerted effort not to do this anymore, but I still kind of do. <laughs> Uh, which is to like put a positive spin on everything with my doctors because yeah. like I know that they can't really help me and I don't want them to feel bad about it. So I'll be like, no, I'm like, I'm like pretty okay, you know, which yeah. like pretty okay for me or even like a good day for me would be the worst day of most people's lives. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I wind up not being as clear as I should be and then getting upset when they don't understand because I wasn't clear enough in the first place. Definitely, um, I'm exactly the same, yeah. and it's uh, yeah, um, and I do the same with everyone. Like I talk to people, they ask how, how I am, and I'm like, "Well, what should I say? I'm not actually good. Um, <laughs> I'm not really doing well." Uh, so I'll say, uh, "Oh, I'm doing. I'm here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my this week, my response has been, "I'm alive." I'm alive. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's uh, yeah. That's sometimes been my response in the really like dark, dark yeah. days. It's uh, well, at least I'm living. It's yeah. a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's always something that I struggle with because, like, not actually. I would say the majority of people, like, if you were to be honest with them, like, wouldn't be able to respond yeah. in a way that wouldn't be hurtful. You know, and not that they're like trying to be hurtful on purpose, but just they don't have the tools or the understanding to like be able to like bear witness to that, you know, like because so I actually um, I went to this really amazing workshop a few weeks ago called Tea and Empathy, where we just drank tea and like worked on our empathy skills, which was wonderful. Um, Sounds nice. (laughs) Yeah, it was absolutely delightful. Um, And Something that the facilitator brought up is a a phrase actually that her husband uses when she is having a bad day and like venting about it. And he says to her, do you want, do you want empathy or strategy right now? Which is such an incredible question because so often you say like, I'm having a really hard time with this. And the natural inclination for the person on the receiving end of that is to try and fix it or try and offer you solutions when that's usually not even what you need like you just need somebody to a just listen first of all and b you know 
not try and, and solve your your unsolv- unsolvable problem, which it usually is, you know. And yeah. It, and that's when you get into the, well, have you tried yoga? Have you tried going gluten-free? Oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Which is not only unhelpful, but often, especially once you've heard it enough times, extremely offensive. Oh, you know? yeah, definitely. And, and I'm vegan. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? We could do a podcast about ableism in the vegan community. Oh, because for sure. It's so much of it. And and we also do that. We, we get that. Um, yeah, have you tried yoga? Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, actually I have. Uh, and uh, it's, it's the not worst so good for my thing body. I could do. Yeah. Like, I really like to stretch, but it sort of destroys my body to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I was so good at yoga. I was like, oh, here's a thing that I was instantly yeah, right. really good at. And it turns out it's because I'm falling apart. Um, yeah. yeah. And I used to be a, a gymnast uh, and a ba- ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was really good at both those things, which is why I started them. Right. Because I was I was flexible. Yeah. So I always course. had the flexibility, but never like the balance and coordination <laughs> to be very good at either of those things. I think I learned a lot, but I was never like super coordinated, even though I really enjoyed the dancing and all of it, Uh, just not the strengthening exercises, Mm -hmm. because those were really hell. And I I wasn't good at them, and I was good at stretching, so I would rather do the stretching because I was good at it. (laughs) 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 It's just like an evil circle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, do you still like to be outdoors and stuff like that? Uh, in theory, yes. <laughs> I'm la- like, that's a laugh of recognition because I feel the exact same yeah. way. <laughs> um, I like I grew up in New Jersey, which most people think of as like this toxic uh, city shithole, which is half true. But there's also yeah. mountains in New Jersey. And that's where I grew oh. up. Um <laughs> And so I, I, I love the outdoors. You know, I was a very outdoorsy kid. Yeah. And I still, in theory, love the outdoors. But then, <laughs> like, once I'm there and I'm hot and there's bugs and I need sunscreen and, like, all of these things, I'm like, uh-huh. ugh. Yeah, I burn up. I, I burn up and I, I don't really deal well with the heat. And um, my whole body hurts. It, it hurts walking. Yeah. So I can't really go hiking much. Uh, but I, I try to be outside mm-hmm. every day. I, I really try <laughs> because if if I'm just cooped up inside, I get really depressed. It's yeah. uh, I can't really deal with it. I, I'm so used to being outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and when I wasn't outside, I was inside reading, uh, which my mother says is the reason why I burn up in a minute. <laughs> when I'm outside I don't believe her yeah that's not true yeah definitely not yeah I think I'm probably the worst one in our family who like we are very like light-skinned blue-green eyes uh, but I have one brother it's so weird because the rest of us are more blonde mm-hmm. and he is he has brown hair <laughs> And he does not get sunburned. He just gets this lovely tan. 
Ugh, I'm so jealous and of those I'm people. So, I'm so jealous. And what do, what does he need it for? He just sits inside on the <laughs> computer all the time anyway. <laughs> yeah. I have, like, dark hair and dark eyes, but, like, totally fucked in the skin department. <laughs> and, like, just even... Because they say that, like, people with light eyes are more photosensitive than people with dark yeah. eyes like I I even on cloudy days I have to wear sunglasses outside because I'm so sensitive to the light yeah I wear sunglasses all the time really yeah and I get like this I guess I get raging headaches mm-hmm. uh, probably migraines um I just haven't really thought that what well, that that could be migraines yeah I mean I always have headaches. I always feel like my head's going to explode and <laughs> I'm really nauseous and uh, I react a lot to the light and stuff. Sounds like a migraine. <laughs> yeah, the migraines were, for me, like the first thing, I th- or one of the first things that showed up. So that's always been a big like presence in my life and like, like the biggest... I mean, aside from the fatigue, which has gotten much worse as I've aged, um, the headaches are like the biggest disabling symptom that I have. And they have always, you know, like it's weird. I, I never don't have a headache. But when I was yeah. getting Botox treatments, like the it turned the volume down on them so significantly that I was like, holy shit, is this what it's like to not have a migraine constantly every day all of the time this is amazing <laughs> but then i i had to stop getting them actually cuz my insurance changed um oh no yeah so now i'm back to full blown migraines every day but whatever uh. yeah it sucks but i'm i'm so used to it that it's i don't know yeah like, not it's really sad yeah. It's really sad to be used to it. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was told that uh, when I was like 19 uh, and I went to this uh, boarding school for a year. Uh, it's like a special Scandinavian thing. I, I, I won't even explain it. <laughs> uh, and uh, one of my friends there, because I used to say if like, if anything hurt, if like, I had really bad mornings, especially. Mm-hmm while I was there so I would I would like shut myself in my room because I didn't want anyone to see me because I was in pain and I didn't want to bother anyone either and a friend of mine asked uh asked what what was wrong and I was like yeah it's just I'm just in a lot of pain it's okay I'm pretty used to it she was like oh my god that's so sad that is so sad. You shouldn't be used to it. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have to be used to that level of pain. Uh, so yeah, that's sort of stuck with me. Yeah. But, uh, it's really. It's true. You shouldn't be used to it. But yeah, that's it, true. But for way too many of us, it's just like a fact of daily life, yeah. and it's not. It's not particularly helpful for somebody <laughs> to say that's sad. It's like yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm the one who has to deal with it. I'm sorry it, it bums you out, you know. I think she was really shocked. Yeah. I think that was it because she, she hadn't really realized uh, how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, that's how it is. It's, it's always really bad for other people. Yeah. <laughs> that, that we have it so 
terrible right yeah and this is something that keeps coming up for me that i like, keep thinking about and keeps coming up in conversation and it kind of loops back around to what i was talking before about people trying to like solve your problem yeah of, like it's they make it about them and less about like you know i'm the one who's in pain here and and you're you're the one who's sad about it, you know? Like, this is this yeah. is hard. I'm sorry this is so hard for you. <laughs> like, I'm the one who has to live with this. And it's, it, it's something that I keep kind of bumping up against in a lot of different areas. Like, um, Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm quite lucky that my... Um... My fiancé, he's a fixer. He really wants to fix everything. Yeah. Uh, And he studies, uh, well, he's done now with his uh, master's degree in biology. Uh, So he's sort of a very scientific person. (laughs) He wants to collect all the facts and then make a decision and then sort of execute. Uh, uh, So I think it's really difficult for him that he can't fix me. But we sort of made... Well, he he's more calm about it now. He he knows that he can't fix me. Uh, so instead, we have like his version of fixing me because I will ask him, "Can you fix me? Can you just come here and fix me?" And he will just come and hold hold his hands around, pull his hands around, oh. and just hold me tight. Um, and that's really that. That's what he can do. And that's uh, for me. That's really great. That yeah, that he does that because that's really what I need when I when I ask him. Right, because <laughs> there's nothing else. He like you. I will sometimes say, "Could you just chop off my body <laughs> and my head?" And just <laughs> yeah, that's that is a frequent reply for me. My <laughs> partner asks if I need anything, and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. Just a guillotine would be great." But, yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I often get, uh, so uh, is there any, uh, so where, where does it hurt? Yeah, oh, like, that's uh, well, an interesting question. <laughs> everywhere, it, yeah. it hurts everywhere. <laughs> How much time do you have? Yeah, should I, where should I start listing, from top or from bottom? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I usually just say that everything hurts and then I specify like the worst two places. Mm-hmm are my right hip and my right shoulder. And then I remember, well, actually my whole right <laughs> arm is really bad. And actually, actually my knees are pretty bad as well. <laughs> yeah, it just snowballs and then from there. goes on and on, and on. Yeah. yeah. Well, that seems like a good enough place to end. So thank you so much for talking to me. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for listening to In Sickness and In Health. Find resources and more from us at insicknesspod.com and on social media at insicknesspod. And don't forget to be excellent to yourselves and each other.